This is your Wendy's Wake Up Call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup free when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery. And we're back. Well, tax season's here, folks, and you know... Hi there. Whoa, where'd you come from? April here to tell you about the tax filing software from Tax Act. Uh, seriously, were you like hiding behind my desk? Seriously, Tax Act makes it easy to get your maximum refund. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Switch to Tax Act today and you can start for free. Or as we say in Radioland, subtle. Tax Act. File for less and get more. See taxact.com for details. Welcome to the Browns Wire Podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. We got a great episode today. We're going to be talking about the Browns spread. The news, the spread for the week one NFL odds was released today. Um, we're going to do uh, talk about the college football games, give us some brief handicaps, and we're going to dive into our fantasy mod traps. So we got our fantasy expert on hand and Ryan Keith, uh, and obviously our resident fantasy and gambling expert, and Adam Moore. Adam Moore's got a little disappointing news for the college bets but he's got something exciting for his fantasy draft he already he's tucking away his uh his erection because he's so excited but uh before we dive into his erection ryan how are you doing <laughs> i'm caught on the uh, word erection coming out in the first 60 seconds does it that's go what we do here the in the podcast. i don't know adam what do you do you, t- you tuck it up for sure you gotta tuck it up you gotta tuck it up yeah, yeah. six yeah. to midnight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well adam how, how are you last time we talked Talked, we talked last week about how your, your house was flooded. We talked about how you're living with your uh, your wife's parents. Uh, and then we talked about how you're coaching 12-year-olds. So what, what's what's new in the Moore household? So we're, I'm still still in the in-laws. Uh, we got the house closed <laughs> last week. Uh, so that's that's pretty much we, – we pretty much tied a knot on that. Uh, my, first, my first junior high football game as a coach is tomorrow. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Got my game plan ready to go. Uh, but yeah, other than that, man – I'm just ready for some football. That's awesome. I, I apologize. I just took a drink of water, and the Dasani has changed their water bottles to be more eco-friendly. So now, so now, <laughs> so now, every time you take a drink, it sounds like you're shattering the the world. So I'm sure that's going to show up in the mic. Adam, I'm I trying still can't to. Speak. I'm trying to quietly suck on a Jolly Rancher right now. So I feel it's your not pain. working out. It's not working within <laughs> the first thirty seconds. That's why I was waiting strategically because you could hear you going. <laughs> Right before I said, hey, this is the Browns Hair Podcast. But uh, I still can't see your camera's not working, but whatever. We'll, we'll fight on. This Saturday, boys, at the Tuttle Mall at Playboy Inc. Play, Playboy. Playball Inc. <laughs> in the Dublin Tuttle Crossing Mall is the NFL's all-time career interception leader. Paul Krause is going to be there. We're going to be talking to Paul Krause this weekend. And for those of you who are remembering Paul Krause for his successful career at the Minnesota Vikings, that is true. Met, a few people realized that he actually started his career, his NFL career, with the Washington Redskins, where he led the NFL in interceptions his rookie season became all pro. They they uh, traded him uh, his, during his second year. But 
the reason the Browns connection here is his first two interceptions in his NFL career were against the Cleveland Browns and the Frank Ryan, the Frank Ryan led Cleveland Browns. He got two interceptions his very first game. He was covering Paul Warfield and picked them off. So there's, there's your little Cleveland Browns connection. We're going to be excited to talk to him. Uh, former Iowa Hawkeye NFL Hall of Famer. So I'm, I'm very excited. We're, we're hoping to. For, we know for a fact he's going to be at the Playball Inc. at the Dublin, uh, Dublin, at the Tuttle Crossing Mall in Dublin, Ohio, signing for 25 bucks a pop if you're a Playball Inc. member, 35 if you're not. Again, the NFL's all-time career interception leader. Um, but I'm very excited. You guys excited? Don't all speak up at once. Sorry, you <laughs> broke up there for a second. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm breaking up? Oh, man. Okay, well, we'll, we'll just – We'll just keep moving forward. We'll just keep moving forward. So can everybody hear me clearly now, now that we're talking about gambling? No, I can hear you now. Yeah, I got you. Everybody can hear? Okay, perfect. The NFL lines have been released. I don't know if they got released today or yesterday. I got the news today. Okay, I checked Bovada. I checked a couple websites. I saw that the most common line for the Cleveland Browns game was 7.5 points. The Baltimore Ravens are favored by 7.5 points at Baltimore. I... Gun to my head right now. I am not putting money on the game. But putting gun to my head, I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens, unfortunately, even with the hook. Ryan and the book that he most frequently uses has actually even a different number and a different way of thinking. I want to ask Ryan before I dive into uh, Adam, the expert. Uh, yeah, so we, we were just talking about it a little bit earlier. You saw it at 7.5. Um, I looked into it a little bit later on. It's at 8.5. I am all over the Browns in the couple different reasons. So it's in Baltimore. We saw what the Browns did to Baltimore last year as a 40-25 to shellacking. Actually made Lamar Jackson look pedestrian. That's uh, true. There aren't going to be any fans there. We don't know what team really is going to show up on the field for Cleveland with the new staff and everything like that. But uh, Kevin Stefanski is uh, one of uh, PFF's uh, favorite coaches as far as his scheming and game plans. Um, but uh, the other big parts of this is Jack Conklin, Jedrick Wills, going to protect Baker Mayfield. Maybe he won't look as skittish as he's looked this past season. But it's all about the betting ratios and the numbers and the statistics. So um, teams receiving more than seven points cover at a rate about 70% week one. Um, so I'm sorry, could I'm you repeat ahead. that for me? <laughs> I said teams covering – or sorry, teams receiving more than seven points tend to cover uh-huh. at a rate about 70% week one. And this is uh, a in a couple of different metrics since 2003. So I am all over – the Browns getting eight and a half would probably take them down to seven and a half. Give me the hook and give me the odds. What's the what's the sample size of that since two thousand three? What is the sample size for the number of teams getting seven or more points in week one? I don't know the total yeah. of that. Um, Ooh, I, I think it's Ooh. almost. I, I think it's over thirty games. Oh, okay, it is. Oh. I have one here that shows seventeen and uh, seventeen and seven. I have another one that has twenty four and nine. Whatever, that's enough for me. I was hoping, but for it depends 25. on where you're getting the the lines from because they're gonna. Yeah, bear. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure it was more than three games because you know seven and a half is a it's a it's a it's a that's a rather large spread in the NFL. It's but a that's a good sample size and that's a good stat. Um, here's the issue I have. Well, let me let me let me ask Adam what he thinks first. I don't want to dive in just yet. Adam, what's going on? What do you think? What are your thoughts? I love the I love the Browns in this one, and I'll get into next oh week God. probably. Uh, we'll talk more about my 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 spreadsheet and the data that I use and all of that fun stuff. But just to kind of piggyback off of what Ryan was saying there with his home field advantage, there's I mean, we really don't know how this is all going to play out. One thing we do know is that Baltimore has one of the largest home field advantages in the NFL. I'm looking at Boyd's bets. I'm not sure if you guys have ever used that or not, but they actually have their true advantage at over four points uh, for home field. So you got to take some of that away. Eight points is a ton. Eight. 
seven and a half to eight and a half, whatever it is. I just looked at it. I, I saw eight. That's a ton of points. I'm taking I'm taking the points every single day of the week with that. Okay, so what? So you you don't know enough about the game to to comment on whether or not how much the home field advantage is worth, how much you're deducting based off of nobody at the end of the stands. You don't have enough yet. No, and and really, truthfully, that's all going to be speculation on everybody's part until we really kind of get some data. But I, I would say for sure you got to take a couple points off of whatever it is you would factor in normally. Okay, okay, and I think those are all good points. At or uh, you know, Adam, you bring up a good point with the home field advantage. I'm not I'm not a, a familiar with the boy boy talk or whatever the website you're talking about is. Um, <laughs> but and Ryan, you bring up a good point with the, your the the. week one getting more than seven points that's awesome i didn't know that here's the issue i have i'm gonna make that home field advantage the exact same okay because even if there's no fans in the stands i'm gonna go ahead and consider the covid advantage the covid situation an advantage towards baltimore the cleveland browns had to use all offseason to implement a new system a new coaching staff i mean when they miss a day like when they miss the day with with the testing scare that affects them more than it affects the baltimore ravens the baltimore ravens just to get to go up just to get to basically show up do their job the same way they've always done it right there's not a whole lot of change a matter of fact the change that you do see for baltimore probably actually benefits them right you know you talk about mark ingram getting being aged a little bit well they just drafted jk dobbins marquise brown is another year older i heard he's he's tacked on 15 more pounds which was his biggest weakness you know i I feel like there's a lot of things that are going to the baltimore ravens favor the browns they missed out on a lot of valuable time because of the COVID situation this COVID situation is affecting them a lot harder i don't know what to expect from the browns we still don't know what kind of defense they're calling what kind of offense they're going to call are they going to run cover three or you know how how in, involved is David and Joku going to be? Do we even know for sure that they're going to be running two tight end sets? Uh, how many? Of, how much of the offense was Gary Cooper? Because we we're not really one hundred percent sure what they're going to do. I know what the Browns, what the Ravens are going to do. I know what the how the Ravens are going to perform. Ryan, you talked about Jedrick Wills. That's great, Jedrick Wills. I think he's going to be an awesome off the tackle. I love Jedrick Wills. I can't describe to you how tight my pants were when they drafted Jedrick Wills. But he's moving from the right side to the left side in the NFL. I would assume that 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 development or that getting used to that is going to take longer than one week. And the Baltimore Ravens are probably not the best game to make that change against. Um, you know, another thing too, is the Browns have not looked super tight in practices. Uh, you know, I haven't been watching training camp through a microscope, but I, I know, I know that Baker Mayfield's had days where he's really struggled and his accuracy has kind of lacked, you know, I think that they're still trying to figure out who that number three, three wide receiver is going to be, how involved Kareem Hunt's going to be. There's a lot that they have to figure out. And I do not think they're going to figure it out by week one. I'm not saying I'm taking the Ravens. I'm just saying that if I, if gun to my head, that's where I'm leaning. Does that make sense guys? I get what you're saying, but the same variables and factors that the Browns have with COVID the Ravens have in this situation with the exception of home field advantage or not having to travel. But everything I've read is teams are allowing for earlier travel days, getting acclimated early to the hotel, walk around, stuff like that. So I would hope that Cleveland doesn't Cleveland themselves and do everything last minute and travel and get there and get set. But if there's any time to do that, it is week one. You have an entire offseason to practice and, and game plan. I mean, this is rather, but you don't have it, but you don't have an entire offseason. You have a shortened offseason. You have that a you're trying to get your system. You have more time to plan for week one than you have any other week of the season. But point. that's I guess I guess that and that's 
my argument is I don't think the Browns are going to be planning for week one. I think the Browns are still trying to implement their system. The Ravens, they those guys, they're, the majority of that offense, the majority of that defense are back. They can implement against the Browns today if they want to. The Browns, I don't think they're doing that. I don't know what they're – I don't think anybody really knows what this team is going to look like, and that includes a majority of the coaches. I mean, come on. They just they just got what – Grant Delpit's down for the count. Greedy Williams has been hurt. You know, we don't even see, we don't even know what kind of defense are going to run with those cornerbacks. You know, I know that they're, they're talking about Joe Woods running a very aggressive style, um, you know, bump and run, bump and bail kind of defense. We don't even know if Denzel Ward's going to be able to adjust to that. I think he will. I think he's fantastic, but there's still a lot of questions, question marks. Mac Wilson's still hurt. Who are the starting linebackers? Is 31 year old Malcolm Smith going to jump in there and be the starter right away? There's just a lot of question marks that I'm not, I'm not certain about with the Browns. And the Ravens, I don't think. I think there's just there's there just feels like there's less question marks. I honestly, if the spread was with the Steelers, I'd probably still take the Steelers. And the Steelers are not the Baltimore Ravens. But I get what you guys are saying. Adam, do you have anything to add to that? Eight points. That's just a lot of points. Uh, seven and a half. One. Seven and a half. Seven, seven and a half and eight are the exact same thing. Um, so yeah, right. it's just a lot of points. It's week one. These guys have been preparing for each other for. For what four or five weeks now? It's just hard. It would be hard for me to believe that the, that Cleveland goes in there uh, into Baltimore and just gets smashed. I think this will be a, a competitive game. I'm taking the points. Uh, and again, that's fair. I just I don't think that the Browns are prepping for the Ravens. I think the Browns are still trying to figure the Browns out. I think that they don't know who their number three wide receiver is. They don't know who their number three cornerback is. Jedrick Wills is still making the transition to left tackle. I think they're. I mean, David and Joku. There are still rumors about him le- departing Cleveland. I think there's a lot of question marks out there. Baker Mayfield hasn't had the, the truest camp. The Ravens, you just don't hear that stuff. You don't. You don't hear that stuff. Lamar Jackson, he goes in, he does his job, and they leave. That's just kind of what they are. But I, I see your guys' point. That's a lot of points. That's a lot, lot of points in the NFL, and I'm totally with you. And I didn't say I was going to bet it. I'm just saying gun to my head. But you'll moving on to the college the game. Stand, though. Huh? So you'll find out real quick where the Browns stand. Oh, yeah. Baltimore on a 14-2 and two team. Oh, yeah. And I'm definitely going to get grilled for what I said here, especially with the David and Joku comment because everybody – I mean, and David jo- Joku, I think that if he stays, he's going to be very successful. I do want to add that. I'm just saying that there feels like there's a little bit more drama than – usual now adam i can see you and i can't see you ryan so this is weird this is like a weird <laughs> in and out in and out but we're gonna let's move on to the college game uh we talked l- briefly last week about the 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 one double a or i'm sorry i'm not allowed to say that's offensive the fcs game austin p versus central arkansas which by the way i forgot to bring up and i'm embarrassed by this austin p's running back backup running back i guess um or at least he was the starting running back but he didn't quite make quite make the splash that the other guy did brian sneed you guys might remember him as the former Ohio State running back, former four-star recruit. So I, I completely forgot. And when I saw him, I actually had to Google it to double-check. Um, as you know, I didn't put money on that game. I don't think either of you guys did either, right? Uh, no. No. I, and I, the, I, I would have gun to my head. I said, Austin P. they did not cover. So good thing I didn't. But there are four games this weekend. Well, actually, there are three games this weekend, one game on Monday. And I'm going to put money on each and every one of them, and I am excited. The first game, we're going to kick it off Thursday. South Alabama is getting 14.5 points at Southern Mississippi. And, guys, I'm going to take Southern Mississippi. Quarterback Jack Abraham from Southern Mississippi is a guy that I kind of have as a, a late-round flyer. He's a little bit shorter. He's kind of like your, your typical small school quarterback with a decent arm that just might not be big enough to start in the NFL, uh, but he puts up ungodly – I think he's going to put up ungodly stats this year. Uh, South Alabama, they had the worst scoring percentage in the red zone. Actually, it was – I'm sorry. It wasn't the worst. It was 122nd in the NCAA last year, so out of 130 teams. 
we might as well call it the worst in uh, red zone scoring percentage. So I'm going to go with Southern Mississippi there. I also think Southern Mississippi's got an okay defense, um, even though I said that their offense is where to go. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? None at all? No. Adam, break down how you are the gambling expert, okay? And I texted you about these games earlier today, and you had not one single thought about any of these games. Tell us what's going on. Why do you not have any money on any of these games? Because I know you're a degenerate, and I know you want to. Yeah. B, how long does this process take? And C, when 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 are we going to see these results, man? When, what, I mean, we got like three weeks where we can listen to your bets. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, so in college, it's a lot harder for me. So in the NFL, I'll have my, my, my data, my numbers up and running week one, no problem. And basically what I do is, I, I mean, I look at I look at all the stats that I think matter. Uh, to predict how a game is going to to turn out, and then I I adjust them to schedule. So what I'm what I'm what right now since we have we've had no schedule, I, I have nothing to adjust those numbers to. In college, there's so much volatility because you have so much leave, you have so much transfer, you have so much come in. I just don't have the time or the energy to be able to track, you know, these recruiting classes, who's left, who's transferred, how this all meshes. I mean, we're talking about almost 200 teams here. I'm um, just not able to do that kind of legwork on it, unfortunately. But for the NFL, I'll be able to do that. We'll we'll look at key key additions, key um, subtractions. We'll be able to, to to make some changes based on coaches changes, coordinator changes, and we'll be able to adjust the numbers that way. And we'll have something ready for week one. And then obviously we'll 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 weight numbers heavily uh, in the first four weeks of the NFL as we kind of get more information and we learn about how some of these teams are going to play. But I just don't have the resources to do that at such a large scale with college. So I'm going to wait until we get a few games under our belt, see kind of how the data comes in, and we'll be able to pull that number and uh, get the model up and running. Okay, well, now that you're bringing up key stats and stuff, let's go over this because I don't want this conversation to be just one-sided. Let's talk. Let's break down the South Alabama-Southern Miss game a little bit, okay, because you're, you're talking about key stats. Obviously, you have some of those key stats in your mind. I just said South Alabama converts 72.22% of their red zone possessions into, into points. That's 122nd in college football, the worst in their conference. Would you consider that a key stat to look for? They can't score points when they're in the red zone. Right? Is that something that you look for? Yeah, I mean, that, and that's not really not something I look for personally. I, I look at yards per play. I look at plays per game. I look at tempo. And then I try to kind of build like an overall picture of how this game may play out. I uh, look at yard, you know, points per yard, those types of stats, and again, I adjust those backwards into their schedule to try to get um, instead of just taking an average of of what these teams like. So let's say Ohio State, their average yard per play is going to be different than Akron's because not only not only because Ohio State's much better than Akron, but because of the competition that they're playing against. So okay. that's those are the type those are the types of things that I'm trying to capture in this model. And it's just super, super hard to do that this early in college football. So I'm looking at yards per play, uh, points per yard, and then tempo step. Okay. So, so not, with the team, I think it's like, a good. I think it's a good data point, but I'm not basing my model after that data point. If I if I'm in between trying to make a decision on something, I may consider that maybe like over under type of moves. But I don't know if I'm going to consider that a whole lot with the line itself. Okay, so maybe that's one of my problems is I picked an extreme stat, right? They suck at this. This is what they suck at. I know that Southern Miss was in the top two, three uh, in sacks in the Conference USA, and I know that South Alabama likes to throw the ball and they can't convert in the in the red zone. I blame a lot of that on coaching. South Alabama only won two games last year. Southern Miss won seven. I think that if Southern Miss goes up, they're going to be able to 
get the points and South Alabama's not. But I get that maybe that's not as important as maybe you think. So let's talk about the quarterback. You talk about a quarterback. In co- quarterbacks in college are worth more points than quarterbacks in the pros. The best quarterback in the NFL and Patrick Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, take your pick. How many points do you think he's worth? Those guys, um, were they're probably seven, eight. I mean, Aaron, eight points. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say okay. That's fair. That's fair. Let's let's say eight. Yeah. Let's say eight. I, right. And then you agree, Ryan? I would say a touchdown is fair. Okay. Well, let's say let's say eight points just for the sake of argument. A quarterback in college, they are worth more points than a quarterback in the NFL because the offense relies more around them. There's a bigger talent gap. Okay. So, a quarterback the Jack Abraham, who has start, 22 starts under his belt in a offense that throws the ball consistently in Southern Miss. I think that he's worth a touchdown within the spread myself. Would you think that that is a fair point with knowing that those two things, or is that not enough to go off? I don't think it's enough to go off. I think what's most important is who's the backup in these situations. So last year, Aaron Rodgers was the most important quarterback against the spread because of who his backup was. I think he was worth almost double digit points with Aaron Rodgers on versus off the field. Whereas if you think about like 20 years ago, you know, Joe Montana versus Steve Young, those two were, were pretty equal. So they well, weren't worth all that much against the I, spread. So I don't know the Southern Miss. I don't know the Southern Miss's backup. I don't know if anybody does. Does that? I, I don't feel like that's that's a fair. I understand what you're saying with the NFL, but I don't know if that's the fairest and most efficient way to do it with college because you're. I mean, right? Does that make sense? Even if even if even if the, yeah, even if they have a five star recruit, this guy still has twenty. Over 20 starts under his belt in the same exact offense. You know, he's broken records. Obviously, we talked about him being an NFL prospect. So in my eyes, I feel like that's enough. Does that make sense, especially with these smaller colleges? Does it really matter who the backup is if you can't even name them? Yeah, I mean, right? I, I guess that's a good point. And that's, that's the unknown variable. That's the unknown commodity. That's that's what you're trying to handicap. That's hard to do if you don't know anything about the, the backup. Well, I'm not for just for just for all the listeners' sakes. I'm not going to be looking up the backup quarterbacks for every game. I bet. Sorry, <laughs> there's 130 FBS teams. I ain't doing it. But I'll let you know how many starts he's got. The second game. Well, actually, Ryan, did you have anything to add about the Southern Miss game before we move? The on? The only thing I was going to add on that is everything I'm looking at right now. Depending on where you're going, is it's a 50-50 split. So if you're taking where, where the money's going, yeah, where the money's going. So if you're taking talent of a player versus win-loss record and the, and the known factors of what the teams produced on the field last year, it looks like it's a it's a pretty close race. Interesting. Now, see, that's that's valuable information. Like I said, I'm going to take Southern Mississippi. They won, seven, they won seven games last year compared to South Alabama, too. I feel like they should be able to beat the – now, the hook scares me because we're talking about more than two touchdowns, but it is what it is. Next game, we're going to move on to Saturday. Middle Tennessee State are getting three points at Army. I like Mid-Tennessee State. They only won four games last year, but this is a coach in Rick Stockstill who took the Middle-Tennessee State Blue Raiders to the bowl games nine out of the last ten years. Army won six games last year. Um, they, they're bringing in a new quarterback after Malcolm Perry left. Malcolm Perry was a record-breaking – actually, no, I'm sorry. That I'm, I sound like an idiot. Malcolm Perry was at Navy. Navy plays as well. I'm sorry. But Army's also breaking in a new quarterback in Jabari Laws. Um, Mid-Tennessee State has a great defense led by Reed Blankenship, a safety who's got solid size, whose season ended early last year due to an ankle injury. So I think that he's actually worth quite a bit of points. Again, in the NFL, you're not going to see defensive players that are worth more than one or two points. In college football, you are going to see that, especially with a roaming safety like Reed Blankenship. They also have a linebacker that I think is going to go that is going to be a good NFL player as well in DQ Thomas. So that's two NFL athletes in a conference U defense going up against Army. I don't care if they are running the triple option. I think that that's, that is a good place to start as far as handicapping this game. 
Adam, what do you think? So my only handicap on this game is, is related Ooh. to the, the option. So, uh, you know, if you put this, if you put, um, if you put Middle Tennessee State against Army in the middle of the season, I'm more inclined to lean to Army here. But you, you're giving Middle Tennessee State essentially three to four weeks of preparation for this triple option. They know Army is the first game on the schedule. Uh, you know, they've been they've been preparing for this game all off season. They should be prepared enough to handle this. Uh, so, and that may be baked into the line, and that that's just information I don't know, and I haven't done that much research. But I think that's something to, to consider if you're looking at uh, Middle Tennessee State on this one. And I don't think it is baked into the line because when I look at and again this my I, I feel like I maybe look at this look at these games with a little bit of a bias because I'm looking at it based off of who has more NFL talent. And like I said, Mid Tennessee State has two guys on that defensive loan that I look at and I go, wow, those guys can play in the NFL and they're playing Army. They should be able to play disciplined, fast football and and get to it quickly and end it. I mean, that's what an Army does is they run the ball. If they can't run the ball, you basically win. Ryan, what do you have to add? As far as the game itself, Army as a favorite, I think only has a, about a 40% uh, I guess it's probably winning percentage week one. If I'm going to bet anything on this, it's the over-under. Um, I've read a couple of things earlier where Army-Navy week one against the over-under are getting hitting the under at about a 75 to 80% clip, depending on where you're getting your uh, source material. I could see that, and I like the fact that you guys are bringing up the fact that it is the tri- that teams have longer, more time to prepare against the triple option offense in the offseason because that's something I didn't think about. Uh, moving on, the next game on Saturday is SMU giving 22.5 points to Texas State. This is a kind of a line I had to double take at, but I'm going to go with SMU. SMU won 10 games last year. SMU was very impressive, and their best player didn't even play most of the year. Reggie Robertson Jr., the wide receiver. Everybody remembers James Proch. Uh, but Reggie Robinson Jr. was a transfer from West Virginia, and the dude is fast. He's got good size at six foot. Uh, he averaged per re- 18.7 yards per reception last year. I think he's going to be in for a larger uptick with Proch out. Um, I'm I'm a big fan. And then you mix that with the fact that Texas State can't really move the ball. Uh, you're talking about a team that averaged 30.72 snaps in between each touchdown. That's ranked 119th nationally. Again, that's out of 130 teams. So I, if you you mix that. You basically you're mixing a team that does nothing but move the ball with Shane Bouchelle and Reggie Roberson against a team who can't move the ball. I'm taking SMU. Adam, I don't have anything additional on this game. Ryan, do you got anything? I'll give you some. That's a real hot take, real bold take on your part because right now it's 98% of the public money is on SMU. Is it really? I didn't know. I didn't look it yeah. up. <laughs> SMU they won 10 games last year, dude. Shane Bouchelle might be a dark horse Heisman candle. A lot of people are gonna remember him of. Uh, Playing quarterback at Texas, transferred to SMU. You know they're they're good. They're a really good team. Moving on, the game on Monday night, BYU is given one and a half points to Navy. Um, this is a very difficult game to handicap. One because again, I like to look at it through the spectrum of how much NFL talent is on each roster, and BYU is clearly that. But BYU is going to be down the best tight end in their school's history, and the best maybe the best. NFL prospect that they've had in recent memory, Matt Bushman. Matt Bushman suffered a season-ending injury earlier in the week. That was their number one receiving threat, their big stud tight end. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they were, you know, rotate around that and deal with that. I'm still taking BYU. I think they got a good quarterback in Travis Wilson. I think they got a very solid running back. Um, 
Uh, like I said, I mentioned Malcolm Perry earlier under Army, but that was incorrect. Malcolm Perry was the quarterback for Navy. He broke a bunch of records. He's a huge reason why Navy had such a successful season last year, and he's gone. So I think that Navy kind of comes back down to earth. Uh, Navy had, I think they won 11 games last year. Well, the year before that, they only won three. So I think you're going to see them come back down to the pre-Malcolm Perry you know, breakout days. Um, so I'm going to go with BYU, give them one and a half points. Adam, do you have anything to comment on that one? Uh, just that we're, you know, the couple of things here to, of note, like I said, I'm, I've not handicapped this game totally. Uh, my point about teams with preparation against the triple option remains here for BYU. Mm-hmm. Also, there's forecasted rain, so that, that, that would tend to uh, lend to the team that rushes the ball more, uh, you know, because you're not going to be able to air it out anyway. So Navy obviously runs the ball quite often. The other thing, this is at Navy. See, so BYU hasn't isn't at home soaking in their girlfriends right now. So that may be something to add into your handicap, Josh. I'm sorry, BYU isn't what? <laughs> I said, I said, <laughs> I said BYU's. They're at Navy, so they're not. They're not at home soaking in their girlfriends for the for the days prior to this game. So they should be uh, pumped up, ready to go. Well, because these are young Mormon boys, Adam. Exactly. Actually, these are these are these are old Mormon men, right? Because they've all gone on their 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 trips and their travels and come back to play right. football. <laughs> uh, Ryan, did you have anything to add about that game? Uh, a couple things. I don't understand how you talk about Navy fee- uh, football and not use the word semen. I would expect that out of you. Uh, secondly, I am seeing maybe getting plus three and the over-under set 55.5. I am taking the under and Navy in that situation. Navy's getting three in your in your book? I've seen – well, just during this conversation, I've seen the line move. Um, I'm, I'm using an app that will give you the best odds between variable – Yeah, the Action seats. Network, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I've, I've seen it, it go from uh, one and a half two, three, just in the course of this conversation. Because I got my money in. All, all, all four of these games, I put my money on it. So I got BYU a negative, neg- or yeah, given one and a half. Three points is a different story. I'd still take them. I think that Travis Wilson is a special quarterback, and I don't think Navy's going to be able to handle him. I did not know it was going to rain, though. So that is a good piece of information, Adam, that I didn't take in consideration that is going to affect BYU a lot harsher than Navy. But like I said, when you lose, a record-breaking triple option quarterback like Malcolm Perry, who's now playing wide receiver for the Dolphins, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. I mean, you're talking about he arguably was the most valuable quarterback in college football last year, uh, uh, you know, based on the spread, maybe even more so than Trevor Lawrence and, and, uh, and Justin Fields. No fake. He didn't start at quarterback, correct? He started at wide receiver, did he not? Yeah, yeah, he played everywhere for them. He played everywhere yeah, for I, them. I remember he, that. He was such a great athlete, they moved him to quarterback. They uh, they went 9-2 and two last year. I think you said 11-2. and two. They, didn't win, they didn't win their last two games? Uh, oops, yeah. whatever. No, no, you're fine. I just wanted to point that out. Oh, okay. Well, even better. Yeah, they won three games the year before, so I think they come back down to earth a little. Um, but all right, let's move on to the fantasy draft. We've already been on for a half hour, so we'll try to make this nice and quick. Basically, how this is going to work, uh, I've been informed that we're going to do a 12-team mock draft, but only Ryan, Adam, and I are going to be picking. I'm going to have the number one pick, and then I've what, got the what, what do you have again? I've got you the got six. the six pick. And then, Ryan, what do you have? I'm bookending it on the twelve. Okay. All right. So one, six, and twelve, and then the rest in between are going to be simulated. We're going to try to uh, give you a little bit of a breakdown between every, you know, for every pick. Um, these guys are obviously going to be a lot better at that than me because I'm basically going to just wherever my balls lay is who I'm going to take. So since I have the first pick, I'm going to go ahead and take Christian McCaffrey. Smart. If you had huge balls, you would have went for the uh, free Bud Light for Life and uh, drafted Gardner Minshew right here, but uh, I guess not. <laughs> Oops. What's did you actually select it? 
I thought I did. I'm sorry. We're using the sleeper bot app, and I, I guess I'm too stupid to understand how it works. <laughs> there we go. It. There we go. What the hell is going All on? All right, so let's recap it here. What what went after? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I'll let you do it, Ryan. All right, we got uh, McCaffrey. We want Zeke Elliott, Barkley, Cook, and then Kamara. Five running Whoa. backs. Whoa, you got to say first names, dude. Our, our listeners might not know which Barkley you're referring to. Is it Matt Barkley? Narles Barkley. <laughs> Narles Bar- so, so Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara are all off the clock. So where does your money go? All right, so for me, this is this is fairly easy. I have this player actually ranked higher than Alvin Kamara right now. It's going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, a lot of news coming out of out of Tennessee Titans camp that Darrington Evans is really not kind of living up to the role that they expected him to be. We got to remember Deion Lewis is out of out of Tennessee. Uh, there's 20, 30 catches to be had out of that backfield right now. It's looking like Derrick Henry's going to soak those up if he's able to put together um, a few extra catches, a few extra yards, maybe another couple of touchdowns or something. I think that vaults him up. I think he's a top five back. I'm going Derrick Henry. Did, did I need to explain Christian McCaffrey anymore? I, no. I apologize. I didn't, right? Okay. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory, right? <laughs> For sure. No, I, think you're, I think you're good there. Okay, cool, guys. Cool. So we got, after me, you went Michael Thomas at seven, so your first wide receiver off the board. And you got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at, at eight. Josh Jacobs at nine. That's that's fairly surprising to me. Um, I think I think it's a safe pick, but surprising nonetheless. Then we got Austin Eckler. And then Tyreek Hill. What are we doing? Are we breaking down every single pick, even the computer picks? No, we're no just I'm just going to break it down. Oh, you're, just, you're just giving your little side notes, Adam. Okay. I, yeah, I'm sorry. You guys got to remember, Adam Adam gets all hot and bothered about fantasy. <sighs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> we gotta, we, I forget. I forget what we're doing sometimes because I get so into his lust. Yeah, all right. So I'm at the tail end of this. I got to bookend it. I have a philosophy that I'm always going to go running back, running back, at least one. Um, had it been a couple weeks ago, I'd be all over Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake. Right now, they're both a little, little banged up. I'm not going to waver from that at all. I'm actually going to bypass Joe Mixon, who secured the bag today, yep. and I'm still going to go. Shit. I'm still going to go with uh, Miles Sanders, and believe it or not, Kenyon Drake. I am all over him in a second-year Kyler Murray offense in Arizona. And all then right. after me, um, we had back-to-back wide receivers in Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. Uh, another Packer running mate in Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, and Nick Chubb. Oh, dude, I forgot how long it takes for me to pick again. This is a bummer, right? <laughs> See, this is this is where like I would have I would have been super super happy if one of those three running backs had fallen to me and I was able to go Derrick Henry Chubb or Derrick Henry Mixon or Aaron Jones. Uh, so this I think is where you kind of get in a tough bind. So there's a there's a, a, only a certain number of these top echelon running backs. I'd love to get two of them, ideally, um, like like Ryan just did. But I'm going to go – best player left on my board here is going to be Travis Kelsey, and that's who I'm going to go ahead and take. Wow. Travis Kelsey. Could have taken DeAndre Hopkins. That's something I, I would have considered. Oh, um, is it my turn? Oh, my God. Yeah, so we got – so it went DeAndre Hopkins after me, and then Chris Godwin, and then George Kittle, and then Patrick Mahomes. And now Josh is on the clock with two picks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I messed up, guys. Uh, let's see here. So I see James Conner still on the board. Um, he, I think he's probably the highest weighted running back, right? Yes. And my for me, well, I got you got Melvin Gordon, James Conner there. I, I'm Melvin, a James Conner fan personally. Melvin, Melvin Gordon's not on there. Melvin Gordon's gone, right? No, he's there. Oh no, he's still there. You're right. He's you're right. He's still there. Um, 
God, I kind of want to pick Chris Carson, though. I feel like Chris Carson gets – you know what? Let's go with James Conner. Let's go with James Conner. Well, the good news Lock is you in. get to pick two, Josh. That's the good news. Yep, oh, my two. God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? How? Yeah, but now what am I going to take three running backs back-to-back? Jeez. There is a flex spot. Is George Kill still there? No. No. George Kill is not look there. At the board. It's literally right there in front of you. I know. I'm, I'm too stupid. It's, it's taking forever. It's just it's, it's frustrating. Um, let's see here. Oh, and I, I pressed something. I messed it up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, I guess I'll go with Lamar Jackson. Screw it. I'm pretty chalk so far. You, I think you lucked out with McCaffrey-Connor. That, that's really solid. I, if I were you, I'd go wide receiver there. Uh, you had Kenny Galladay available, Allen Robinson available. But right after you, you got Kenny Galladay goes off the board. Then you got David Johnson, Chris Carson, and then Todd Gurley, all guys that I am avoiding like the plague this year. So you can't take a tight end after Kittle's off the board. There's a huge gap of tight end. There's, there's a huge gap. Happening. Yeah, huge gap. Well, that's a little depressing. So yeah, whatever. Again, I'd uh, man, I don't want to, I don't want to reach for running back, but I do need another running back, especially in this twelve team league. I'm going to try to wait until the fourth or fifth to grab a couple of guys that I like. I'm going to go wide receiver here. This is the guy who finished number three last year in PPR formats. I think he's going to get an upgrade at quarterback, Allen Robinson. Why do you think he's going to get an upgrade? Nick Foles, dude. You think Big Dick Nick is going to beat out uh... Trubisky? Yes. Wow. Okay. And, and regardless, even even if you say he's not better than Trubisky, Allen Robinson was uh, the third wide receiver last year, third best wide receiver from a. Fantasy. Yeah. No, I like I like to pick. I was just curious. I, was I think there's upside there. Adam gets so aggressive. When I talk about fantasy. All right, so we go Mike Evans afterwards and Le'Veon Bell. Do not draft Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> and Jonathan Taylor, that's kind of who I was hoping to get back to me in the fourth round. I'd like Jonathan you, you Taylor. You skipped over Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, that's a great pick. He, there's nothing but upside with Adam Thielen this year. Stefan Diggs is gone. Yeah, I but Stefan Diggs took away the double. T- Stefan Diggs so, abandoned the d- bracket coverage. So, so if you look at Adam Thielen's splits with Stefan Diggs, on and off the field, he actually did better when Stefan Diggs was off the that field. That's very true. So I, I don't think I don't think Stefan Diggs leaving hurts Adam Thielen at all. Yeah. And I think he's Adam Thielen has a real shot to be real shot to, to command the most targets out of any wide receiver um, in the NFL. You got you got to remember that Minnesota lost like their entire secret secondary. So this could be a defense that's not as good as last year. If that's the case, they're giving up more points. Minnesota has to play from behind more. They're going to be airing it out more. I'm, I like Adam Thielen a lot. You know, it's funny too because this is all also. I'm hearing rumors out of their camp saying that that offense is going to be even more aggressive. So if they go downfield more, that's either going to benefit him or Justin Jefferson. So mm-hmm. it'll be. You know. Then the last pick before Ryan's back up was Cooper Cup, which I think is super early. In this situation, um, <laughs> this has Leonard Fournette as the next best available running back, which is ironically funny at this point in time since he was cut yesterday. Um, but the person I'm going to have to go with, I think, is the most invincible wide receiver left, and it's DJ Moore. I think he's mm-hmm. proved that he can produce even with having amongst the worst quarterback play of any wide receiver in the league last year between Kyle Allen and, and the rest of the crew that the Carolina Panthers want to put on the field. Um, going back-to-back, I don't want to go back-to-back wide receivers, but at this point I feel like I've got a boomer bust lineup in Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, and DJ Moore, and I want to continue the trend. And I think the best way to do that is with Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, if he's on the field, if he's hot, he's as hot as they get. But he will lay absolute goose eggs. 
I don't think Dak is that great, but I think that the uh, Cowboys and with the new uh, staff are going to go out there and uh, sling the ball around. All right, Josh, who went after Amari Cooper? Uh, I'm still trying to learn how to work the app. I got to hear it. Uh, right after Amari Cooper, we had Leonard Fournette, Ridley, OBJ, Juju, and Robert Woods. Oh, I see it now. <laughs> All right. Um, see, this is this is where this uh, – I wish the second round would have gone different for me to where I could have taken running back at, in the second round instead of Travis Kelsey. I feel like I got to reach here because I got to get an RB2. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to go with Cam Akers. Son of a bitch. I, want, I would love to wait to the fifth, but I just don't feel like I can take that risk. So directly after Cam Akers, you have Mark Andrews, A.J. Brown, Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram, and then now Keatley's back on the clock. So I guess I, I guess I have to go with DK Metcalf because he's he's probably is the highest rated wide receiver. But I'm staring at I, I'm staring at Terry McLaurin too. Don't you mm-hmm. feel like those two are close? I mean, right here the the app that we're using DK Metcalf is the best wide receiver available, and then it's got McLaurin what one two three four so three down. What do you guys I, think about that? Don't you think that's kind of weird or? Uh, I think I think those all those guys are in a tier for me. I've got I've got McLaurin a couple ahead of DK Metcalf, so I I go DJ Chark, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, DK Metcalf. But I think those five or so, five or six, are bundled up right there, are all about the same for me. So okay. I think you just pick a hat out of a bag or pick a card out of a bag. Yeah, yeah, cards. and I I did I I picked I picked DK, but I I did kind of have some doubts there. Um, I already picked a quarterback. And like I said, you got. I'm staring at DJ Chark, but it's got Devin Singletary here too. Um, I haven't yet filled that flex. Does Jonathan Taylor win? Have we already seen him go? Yeah, he went in the third. Went oh, the really? Third. Yeah, that he's been more sense. Soaring up the charts. Yep. All right, fine. I'll take Devin Singletary. All right, after All right. Singletary, we had Rojo, Ronald Jones, DJ Chark, my Balzac Ertz, and T.Y. Hilton. Well, I guess I, I probably should have uh, added, you know, commentary to the Devin Singletary. I understand that he is going to be working with Zach Moss and splitting carry. Zach Moss is a very talented running back who they drafted reasonably high out of Utah. But we talked about last week how Devin Singletary has more wiggle. I'm not allowed to use the term speed because, as Ryan brought to my attention, he did run the four sixes. But Devin Motor Singletary didn't get the nickname Motor for nothing. Um, so I do think he's still a relevant, you know, a relevant player. Adam, you're right. Yeah, so I would love to go another running back here, and I still might. Actually, I think I am. I'm going to go DeAndre Swift here. I'm just going to go back to back, like kind of boomer bust rookie running backs here. I think I think one of them is going to hit this year, and I'll be happy if that's the case. I'm going to go DeAndre Swift. So right after that, you got Dak Prescott off the board, Raheem Mostert. Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin, and then Kareem Hunt. Well, let's talk about DeAndre Swift a little bit because DeAndre Swift is a good pick because he's in it. I shouldn't say he's a good pick because I know nothing about fantasy football, but he's a very interesting pick. That's a guy who gave a first-round grade coming out of Georgia. I think most people did. The Detroit Lions snagged him in the second round. They also drafted Kerryon Johnson a couple years ago in the second round, who I also gave a first-round grade to, who hmm. is, has number has RB1 talent but has been struggling with injuries. Lions yeah. have also been a team that's been rumored to be connected with Leonard Fournette, although I think that that's never going to happen. Um, but DeAndre Swift is going to be an interesting player to watch because he should definitely be in the rookie of the year conversation if, God forbid, something else happens to on Johnson. And that's that's what I'm really betting on here is on Johnson has proven he can't stay healthy. He He's, an, he's a really, really good back out of Auburn. Uh, yeah. Super productive. He's just not been able to stay healthy the two years he's been in Detroit. 
And I think DeAndre Swift's got out a lot of Alvin Kamara. And even if even if Carryon Johnson stays healthy for 16 games, I think there's still a passing game role for Swift. And I think he's electric enough with the ball in his hands that he can be somebody like Alvin Kamara. And then if Carryon goes down and you give him some of that rushing work, I think he's got a high ceiling here, even as a rookie. I, I do disagree with that. I don't think that DeAndre Swift is as talented as a receiver as Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey or something, or even, I mean, really J.K. Dobbins. Um, I do think he's a better receiver than Jonathan Taylor. But that kind of gives you an idea of how good I, I think he's. I think he can be the number one running back. I think he can get RB one targets through the passing game. But I don't think you're going to see him. I don't think you're going to see the manufacture touches in the passing game for DeAndre Swift. But we'll see. The only thing I would like to add to that is the Lions. I think for most of the season last year, ran the ball less than any other team. I think they ended up being bottom three as far as rushing attempts. So whoever does eventually get that job may have limited touches. If Swift does get acclimated to the passing game, I think he's got more long-term value. And that's with me being a carry-on Johnson guy the last two years. And and to add to the point, I know that the Lions don't run the ball, but Matt Patricia has obviously made a concerted effort to try to improve that running game. Uh, you know, they drafted, what, three offensive linemen this year, two of them relatively high that, that people think they're going to start, Jonah Jackson from Ohio State being one of them. Um, you know, I, I think that there is a real effort to try to get that 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 run game going. I know they drafted Nick Bodden, the fullback from San Diego State, a couple of years ago. That was one of Matt Patricia's first draft picks, and I know he's been banged up and injured. They worked with Zach Zenner and other fullbacks, so the emphasis on trying to get a fullback in there also leads me to believe that they're trying to get that running back started with a talent like DeAndre Swift. It should it should happen. Yeah. All right. So being that I'm here at the 12 spot, when you're on a bookend, if there's a guy that you want, you have to grab him. There's no reason to really flirt with having him come around for the next next uh, round like Adam can do in the middle there. Um, I really want to go one wide receiver, one running back. The next available running backs on these lists are guys like David Montgomery, who's going to be out for four weeks. Marlon Mack, you don't know if he's going to be a starter. James White, who's in the New England Patriots backfield. So I don't really have a lot of upside there. I'm going to skip straight to the wide receivers in this realm. You have Keenan Allen, Kurt, uh, Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown, Diggs, Parker. But I'm going to skip right past all that and go to A.J. Green. Um, I think A.J. Green, after having a good 18, 20 months off, a rookie quarterback that they're all in on, I think the offense is going to kind of have a, a, a second-year surge. I think a, a rookie quarterback tends to lean heavily on – one guy and i think aj green can do that people think he's this dinosaur and this old man but he's just as old as julio jones who's heralded as the number one receiver in the league so i think he's still got some gas in the tank um as far as the running back situation i'm gonna skip past right a bunch of guys even antonio gibson who's a draft darling i'm gonna go straight to a guy i planted my flag on a couple weeks ago and that's zach moss who i think will eventually get a lot of the touches in buffalo also being a passing down back uh, complimentary to Devin singletary I will say Zach Moss may not catch the ball as good as Devin Singletary in the backfield, but he's not much worse. There's not a huge drop-off, and there's a huge upgrade for Zach Moss's blocking ability. Zach Moss is one of the finest that, blockers that I remember in recent memory. He can actually pass block, so even if he's in there to block, the checkdowns or the dump-offs are, are going to be available to him more often than they will Singletary. Um, after him went Cortland Sutton, Russell Wilson, David Montgomery, Marquise Brown, and J.K. Dobbins. Adam's up. All right, so I am going to take the best. I've got only got one wide receiver, so I really need to kind of nail that position down here in these next few rounds. So I'm going to take the, the best receiver left on my board, and that's Devontae Parker. Uh, Devontae Parker was a guy through week, in, in weeks 10 through 17 last year who was the number two wide receiver in fantasy with 19.3 points per game. Now some of that was because Preston Williams, Williams was hurt. 
and Parker was just gobbling up all the targets. Uh, Williams tore his ACL, I believe, in Week Nine. Uh, yep. he's, he's expected to be back here in 2020, but I think I think Devonte Parker has the talent. We knew that coming out of Louisville, just a super stud. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on him again here in this uh, Miami offense, which should be on the field a lot, needing to score a lot of points. Devonte Parker. Yeah, and to to, to to comment on that, if anybody who remembers Devonte Parker at Louisville, and I'm glad you brought up Adam, knows what kind of athletic ability he has. I think a lot of what's held back in the NFL is his attitude, I guess, or his you know disagreements with Adam Gaze, who's no longer there. So Preston Williams, even though Preston Williams had a very impressive rookie year, I like him. I think that he's he's a very solid player. He's no Devonte Parker. Devonte Parker is faster, bigger, stronger. I, I I'm I think that that's a good pick. The only person to ever hold Devontae Parker back is Adam Gaze, and Adam Gaze holds everyone back, as we've seen <laughs> everywhere else he ever goes. Yes. So I guess Wise is a horrible coach and should not still be getting head coaching jobs, in my opinion. I was so trying I guess, to defend him last year, and what I've kind of come around, I I do think Adam Gaze is a is a good offensive mind, but I think he's a terrible head coach. There, and we talked about that with Freddie Kitchens. There's just some guys that yeah. aren't suited to be head coaches. We, yeah, we did talk about that. We talked about that very in depth in the offseason. The head coach, you got to be more of a CEO. You got to be able to know your limitations, put your ego aside, and, and all that stuff. Adam Gase isn't good at that. I think you can see glimmers of what Adam Gase is trying to do with his offense and the playmakers he has. And he, he just, ego gets in the way. He can't handle it. So I, I agree with Adam there. Um, so I am going to go with Darren Waller here. It looks like Rob Gronkowski's gone. Um, it looks like he's kind of a big drop off after him. Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst. Um, so I'll go ahead and I'll, I will take. Darren Waller, if I can get that. We talked about Darren Waller briefly on last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Darren Waller was a former wide receiver at Georgia Tech who was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens, and I believe the sixth, sixth round he did not quite have did not quite have the speed to play wide receiver, um, had some off-field issues, gained some weight um, for the better, moved to tight end for Las Vegas, and has been nothing, but, nothing less than stellar um, since moving to tight end. I guess we're moving on. Do I draft a backup quarterback? Because this thing's telling me to draft Kyler Murray. Would no, that be cool? Do not. Do not. Can, can I ask why? Because – so, first off, you have Lamar Jackson. You spent a third-round draft pick on him. You've yeah. already drafted your tight end. You 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 desperately need to build your running back and wide receiver stable. Um, so, I – so you, you'll notice that Ryan and I, neither one of us. Why don't have, you suck have, it? Why don't you suck it and say what I just drafted? Have gone into our. Uh, You're just mad. You wanted him. You wanted him. No, See, that's the thing, folks. Adam can <laughs> Adam can ramble on about what you should do, what you shouldn't do, but he's all about Adam. Okay, <laughs> he wants Kyler Murray, and I felt it. I sensed it. And even though I'm not going to use Kyler Murray, he can't use him now. I I'm like, I will I'm like never a Kyler Murray there, but that's all right. I'm like a goose. I'll I'll get hurt trying to hurt you. You'll get hurt. <laughs> That's part of fantasy football is just trying to piss your friends off, though, right? That's right, dude. And that did it. I don't yeah. know why I did that. That was stupid. Yeah. So you definitely you definitely shouldn't draft two quarterbacks in the first seven rounds of your draft. So do not do that. Uh, but I'm gonna go. Like I said, I'm gonna. I'm, what I said before my last pick. I I've got to bolster my wide receivers here. I'm gonna continue to do that. I'm gonna take the best wide receiver on my board. Uh, this is a guy who's had tremendous rapport, reportedly, out of camp with his brand-new starting quarterback. I'm going Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I've heard some good things about what they've done down there. I gave Tyler Boyd a first-round grade coming out of Pitt, by the way, just so everybody knows. <laughs> very, very, very proud of we that. Thought- We've talked about this a lot, Josh. You give first-round picks to about everybody. No, that's not true. See, here's the deal, okay? Most people, when you talk to them, they're only going to give first-round picks to 10, 15 guys, right? There's 32 picks in the first round. 
Okay. And if you talk to a lot of people, they'll like 30, 30, 40 guys that could, there's, there's different ways to rate a player, right? I like to rate them as the highest I could see them go. Tyler Boyd is, I mean, clearly he's played better than a lot of first round wide receivers. So I stand by it. I stand by the way I do my rankings. Tell, tell Ryan your philosophy on rankings, on, on grading. Didn't I just say that? Didn't I no, just say it? No, no, but tell him what do you what do you what did you tell me a couple of times? You said I grade like I make love. Generously. <laughs> Generously, that's true. I grade like I make love. Generously. Everybody can get it in size matters, right? That's right. That's right. I've heard you say several times, well, what's he look like with this shirt off? Oh, dude, that's huge for me. Porter Porter Gustin, I'm so happy he's a Cleveland captain pectoral muscle. Like, have you seen that guy's chest and hair? It's beautiful. He'll be he'll be he'll he'll break the sack record. Oh, no, who's, no. Who's, whose turn is it? All right, Ryan, so after so, after Tyler Boyd, we had Antonio Gibson, James White, Marlon Mack, Evan Ingram, and then Julian Edelman come off the board. So for me, this is one things get kind of murky right here. Like I, I try not to get wrapped up in filling a roster or doing a certain thing. To Adam's point, if if I'm not going to get my quarterback and my tight end, I'm going to just slam as many wide receivers and running backs into my roster as possible. Um, in here in this area, you start to see some guys that have a lot of question marks. Um, I would much rather pick as many running backs as possible. Right here, I hate this pick, but I kind of feel like it's necessary, and it's a philosophy that I haven't applied. But I'm going to take Jordan Howard um, from the Miami Dolphins. I feel like uh, right now he's the odds-on favorite to be the first and second down backs. Uh, Matt Breida will spare him. Dolphins are trying like hell to get rid of Kalen Balaj, but they can't <laughs> because he's failing physicals and everything else. Um, and then on the back end of that, Debo Samuel, I know he's on the pup list right now. He's got the Liz Frank injury to his foot. Uh, rumor is he'll be back week one. Even if he's not, I think he's the only one tough enough to be a wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers right now. Um, it, he broke all kinds of 49er records, including Jerry Rice rookie receiving records. And I think if healthy, he could have an even more stellar and breakout year for the 49ers if their offense can stay on the field. All right, one thought, one one thing to say about Jordan Howard is he's only 25 years old. He's almost exactly. 26. It, it's it's Jordan Howard for a guy that feels like he's been in the year the league for about 11 years is only 26. Uh, he's still super young, got a lot of tread left on his tires. If he can find a well, he he was really he I, was a really good. I mean, he was a good running back in Chicago for a year or two. Um, so you know maybe he's got something left. Who knows? Jordan Howard is great. I think he's a great running back. He's a steal when the Bears draft draft him in the fourth round. The tread left on the tires. I don't know because when he was at UAB, UAB gave him the ball every play, and then when UAB shut down their program and he transferred to Indiana, Indiana gave him the ball every play. So, <laughs> so I don't know if he's got a whole lot of tread left, but he is a great back. All I think right, it was against funny. Ohio State. We had like 250 rushing. Yes, I remember. Don't get upset with me, Adam. Look at Adam. I wish people – we should have really did this live on Facebook so everybody see the vein pop out of Adam's forehead and the wrinkles. Look, he's looking at a spreadsheet like this is real. We're not even going to keep track of the scores. No, no one cares. <laughs> I'm actually getting bored. This has been going on forever. All right. So I'm going to – I think I'm going to stay – yeah, I got to. All right. While you're doing that, I'm going to give a little follow-up on Tarek Cohen. Tarek Cohen was running back at North Carolina A&T his junior year. He played in the Celebration Bowl, and he ripped off – I may be exaggerating because I'm doing this at the top of my head. He ripped off four runs that were all over 50 yards. From that point forward, I was like, dude, this guy is God. Then he kind of disappointed his senior year. I didn't even give him a draftable grade. <laughs> <laughs> so going into his senior year, I gave him a third-round grade coming out of North Carolina A&T. He 
He had a, it was kind of a disappointing. Of course, what do you do? My expectations are so high. He was ripping off 50 yard runs every play. And then I was like, this guy can't get drafted. He's too small. And then boom, he's very solid running back. All right. I went with Marvin Jones Jr. This is a guy that, that if you just look at their pure stats, if you just do wide receiver A, wide receiver B, it's pretty indistinguishable from Kenny Galladay last year from a production standpoint. It just, it just, Marvin Jones Jr. is more splash, and where, whereas Kenny Galladay is just consistency. Uh, I, I do think that Matt Stafford and Detroit Lions are going to air the ball out a little bit more. I like Marvin Jones Jr. if he can stay healthy. I like that too. I, Marvin Jones is, is one of the crispest route runners in the NFL. He doesn't get enough credit. Uh, I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson, wide receiver from uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a guy that I wasn't really high on coming out of Toledo. Uh, he was a part of that really good Toledo threesome of Cody Thompson, Deontay Johnson, and – Oh, I can't remember the other guy's name. That's sad. But Cody Thompson, I thought, was the real stud there, especially because he was blocking punts. Uh, I was perhaps wrong because the Steelers did utilize Deontay Johnson more than James Washington. If I'm right, is am I right, guys? I'm actually kind of disappointed. Usually when it comes to threesomes, you can remember everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go with another tight end. Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby is one of my favorite prospects coming out of Western Kentucky. Uh, I especially love him because whenever we get in an argument with our good friend Nathan Royans about Jack Doyle, I bring up Tyler Higby being the far <laughs> superior tight end at the same university. Tyler Higby had some off-field issues in the offseason, though, so we'll see how that affects his play, where he's at. I know Gerald Everett was kind of viewed as mm, might be beating him for the number one spot, so we'll see what happens, but I largely took him because he was number one on the board that I'm looking at on the little sleeper bot. Who's up next? Do we read off I the next ones? No, I'm up next. I'm going Chase Edmonds. This is uh, a play against. Did we read off the picks in between there? No, I can though. Here, ready? I can. I, Al, they went. We went Alexander Madison, running back from Minnesota. Tevin Coleman, running back from San Francisco. Ceedee Lamb, rookie wide receiver from Dallas. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I pronounced that right, right, guys? Quarterback yeah. from Tampa Bay. Chase Edmonds, running back from Arizona. Um, Hunter Henry, tight end from the Chargers. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, and then is that? Damian Harris, New England Patriots, and then the 49ers. Yeah, so now Adam, Ryan. Just, yeah, you, you called out mine. I, I drafted Chase Edmonds. Uh, this is a play. I think Chase oh. Edmonds has has some standalone value similar to what DeAndre Swift has, even if Carrion Johnson is healthy. I think that Chase Edmonds has a role here. I think he's he's probably going to get seven, eight carries, a couple of looks in the passing game. And then if Kenyon Drake, you know, fails to, fails to really produce or if he gets hurt, kind of like he is now, I think there's a much larger role for Chase Edmonds where he can really kind of just step in and, and be successful there. So this is an upside play for me as my running back four. That's a very interesting um, breakdown too because Chase Edmonds is actually almost the exact opposite of Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake never really took on a full workload uh, coming out of college and has kind of always been a splash player, not really a man of consistency, although he did show some of that last year. Chase Edmonds was, I think he was like the NCA leader in carries his last three years at Fordham. Um, he was He was basically the entire offense i'm talking 10 guys in the box and he was still getting the ball 30 40 times a game um he's mr consistency he's not going to blow your you know blow the doors off but he can get you three yards and he's going to get you three yards consistently so i i, I totally see what you mean adam or if, if something happens to kenyan drake chase Evans might be good enough to not let him have the job back well right, Ryan, you got 15 seconds to make your pick no, I've, I've got so long to make these picks. I know where I'm going automatically. So right out the gate, I'm going to go with uh, draft kind Martin Darling and Henry Ruggs. You know, you got uh, top 10 draft stock and Henry Ruggs, the Raiders took him. Uh, I think Tyrell Williams is going to be on the IR either today or tomorrow. You got Brian Edwards is the only other wide receiver. Um, 
I'm not a lot of faith in Derek Carr, but if you got that much speed, you can draw up a couple plays. You can make some things happen. This is definitely a boomer bust play for me. Um, I'm still going to continue down my path of running back and wide receiver. I'm basically all the quarterbacks that I would have loved to have had and been gone. I do have some sticky plays up my sleeve down the road. Yeah, you wish you had Kyler Murray. <laughs> what had nothing to do with Kyler Murray, but if you want to have, I don't know, 30 points a, a weekend sitting on your bench and wasting a spot, that's up to you. I do. It's my God. Uh, that night. being said, I'm going to go with the uh, father of the year, Adrian Peterson, with this pick right here. Oh, I feel shit. like with Darius Geis out, uh, it's a stable of Bryce Love, Adrian Peterson, uh, Antonio Gibson. AP is going to have it first and, and second down when he's on the field. Everyone knows he's going to run it. I think the Redskins are going to be a horrid team, but I think he's a guy that you can sit there and get you anywhere from 10 to 15 points and, and kind of be a blanket for the boomer bus guys on my roster elsewhere. I, I think Derek Carr gets shit on too much. I like Derek Carr. I think he's a good quarterback. I think if you're going to root for any, I think if you're going to look at any head coach that's going to manufacture touches for a rookie wide receiver, it's going to be um, Gruden. So I, I don't, I think I like the Henry Ruggs pick. Andrew Pierce is a good pick too. I mean, how can you go against one of the best running backs in NFL history, right? After AP, we had uh, rookie wide receiver Jerry Judy, McCole Hardman, Jalen Rager, and Crowder. So I was right there in the wide receiver gauntlet. Uh, AJ Dillon, uh, backup running back for the Packers, and then Adams on the clock. Yeah, we'll see how long he's the backup with those thighs. (laughs) Those are some impressive thighs. Dude, he was – he was a god at Boston College. You want to talk about a guy who was running against – And you want to know who actually ran fast? Dude, oh, my God. Oh, didn't we talked about that briefly? I think it was a Canes or Chick fil A before yeah. the draft happened. We're like, no way, can you do it? How is this scientifically possible? What do you run like a four four? He ran a four five three. At My the god, yeah, could you imagine that? Dude, that's like Earl Campbell's size and speed. It's just wild, anyways. Adam, what you got? Yeah. Just one quick point. A.J. Dillon was one of my favorite. Uh, I think he was a top five running back for me out of this class. So I, I'm higher on A.J. Dillon than most, so I, I don't hate that pick. But I'm going to pick my first uh, quarterback here. This is a guy I've been kind of hoping that would fall to me here. This was one of my targets is Matt Stafford. But you're wishing you had Kyler Murray. Nope. Idiot. <laughs> A.J. Dillon also had the highest vertical with 40 inches of all running backs. He's insane, bro. He's insane. You don't expect that from watching his film. Adam, do you have anything to add about Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford's no. pretty much captain consistency. You're hoping to open up the offense a little bit more, and DeAndre Swift kind of relieves some of that pressure. Come back from injury. Hopefully he's coming back from a vengeance. I, I feel you, man. Yeah, no, so I think I think he got a new um, new offensive coordinator. He was really able to open that open that offense up a little bit for the first time, and you know what seemed like forever, he was a viable weekly asset in fantasy last year. So he had over almost 21 points per game in 2019. He was number five in fantasy points per drop back and number four in fantasy points per game. So I love getting him this late to pair him with Marvin Jones as well. So after that, we had Sony Michelle, New England Patriots, Darius Slate, New York Giants, Carson Wentz, Philadelphia Eagles, Baltimore Ravens defense. The app is taking me, telling me to take Darrell Henderson. I'm going to go ahead and take him running back from the Rams. Uh, Cam Akers went earlier. I do think that Henderson has a lot of talent. Henderson is, is very fast, very athletic. I don't think that Cam Akers is going to take all the carries, although I am on the, on the understanding that Cam Akers is a better player. So let's go ahead. Well, who is the app telling me to take now? So I got Darren Waller, Tyler Higby. You know what? Jared Cook. Why, dude? The app is telling me to. <laughs> why not? Tell me, give me a good reason why not. He's plays because for the, you don't need three tight ends, dude. Do you, why do you, you not need three tight ends? Do you ends? want to know why? You Tell need me why. another receiver. The, there's a, so the difference between tight end one 
and wide receiver one is minimal as far as I'm total done points. with. I'm done with all this talk. I'm, an act, I'm a man of action. I took tight him. end five and wide receiver five is huge. There's I a took huge him. fall off after that point. Yeah, I, took I took him. I got three tight ends. I'm on three tight end set. Is that not possible in fantasy? I don't understand. He's a good, he's a good blocker, consistent. Those things matter in fantasy. He's coachable, brings to veteran leadership. I don't understand what the problem is. You're right. Idiots. All right. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'm getting ready to snipe Brian here with this pick. I'm going back-to-back quarterbacks. I do like – I love Boston Scott on the board. I don't think he's going to make it back to me, but uh, I, I do like Boston Scott a lot, especially with Miles Sanders and his lower body injury, whatever the hell that means. Uh, but I'm going to go Cam Newton here. You did actually snipe my quarterback. That was the guy that I was putting on it. Did uh, we say the guys that were picked before Adam? Did we just skip over that? Uh, we no. So yeah, let's go. Jared, you you picked Jared Cook, your your third tight end before you pick your third receiver. Yeah, and then you went yeah, then Christian Kirk, Sterling Shepard, Tony Pollard, Justin Jefferson, and then I took Cam Newton, and then you okay. saw Ben Roethlisberger go, Noah Fant, Daniel Jones, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then Justin Jackson, and now Ryan's on the clock. I liked Cam Newton pick. I think that that's a big sleeper pick. I think that he's going to light it up in New England. Now a lot of people are talking about it. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree as well. In a different situation. So I, I told Josh before this, we would do 12 rounds. We'll do our nine starters, three bench for the, the sake of time. So typically. Oh, is that right? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so Cam Newton would typically go much later in a draft. But, you know, under the format that we're doing it, you know, for him to even go that high, I don't even hold it against it to the point because if anyone's going to get points out of a quarterback to be bill belichick i mean hell he's got matt castle a contract so let's see what he can do with former mvp cam newton right so do Um, i need to do i need to draft a kicker in defense now no just happened i don't know i don't know what's happening anymore now we're just going to do 12 kickers in defense you're just going to rotate through those every week anyways except unless you're josh you have a, a fifth string defensive uh set going on uh but for the purpose of the whole quarterback pick here i'm going to stick true to my word gardner Minshew is going to be my quarterback I think his rushing totals give him a baseline that as long as he can get 150 to 250 passing yards and two touchdowns, he's going to be a QB 12 half the season, and I can flex in and out. Um, As far as my last pick in the draft, I'm always going to go pure upside. I'm going to go with Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, Third third round rookie running back to the Tampa Bay Bucks. If anyone... He he won the third round? Yep, yep. So... With LaShawn McCoy getting signed there, I have no faith in LaShawn McCoy. We've seen him be a vagabond the last couple of years and never really be an impact. If you only have to beat out Ronald Jones in a backfield with Tom Brady and all those all-stars, I think Keyshawn Vaughn and that draft stock can do it. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is a very steady, steady running back. We're talking about a guy who broke a lot of records in the SEC. Um, you know, I know the Vanderbilt only won two games, but he, they basically won him on the back of Keyshawn Vaughn. So I think that that's a good pick. I also want to add, since we're talking about kickers, does anybody else find it shocking that the CFL has released all contracts and they're free to play sign with the NFL that Lewis Ward hasn't gotten an NFL contract yet? Yeah, I think you're the only one that's surprised. <laughs> you don't remember where you were when Lewis Ward beat Adam Benatari's record for most field goals hit in a row? No, no. My God, dude, that's that is such a heartwarming story. He was a security guard. Okay, first of all, he's just a wee lad at five five or five six. <laughs> a wee lad. Okay, and he he he's a true he Canadian. Be a jockey, not a field goal kicker. And he was a, he was a security guard at the stadium this first year, and then he guess he was just booming kicks, and they finally gave him a shot, and he broke the record, hit like forty five field goals in a row, dude. That's incredible. 
Yeah, it is incredible. It really is incredible, and no one talks about it ever. How he doesn't have a shot, I don't understand, dude. All right, so after after Keyshawn Vaughn, you had Boston Scott, who I think is a great pick, especially this late. I think he's a he's a guy who like similar to Chase Edmonds has has wide receiver one, wide receiver two upside if if he's given the the opportunity. And uh, Wait, there's what? really nobody besides him and Miles Sanders in Philadelphia right now. Uh, then you got Preston Williams, who we talked about a little bit before. Alan Lazar. There's nobody else in Green Bay besides Devonte uh, Adams, so I, I don't hate Alan Lazard here. Buffalo Bills. That dude was Mister Consistency at Iowa State, and he kind of fell off the. I think it was he. We kind of talked about uh, who who did we talk about earlier in the year that we, oh Tyler Johnson. We talked about him before the show. Kind yeah. of a guy that no one really knew why he was catching the, as many balls as he was, but he was very productive and catches everything. So yeah, I think yeah. That's Alan cool. Lazard doesn't he hold all the the receiving records at Iowa State? I'm pretty sure he does. I, I think Hakeem Butler broke them all, but um, okay. if not, he probably has them. And then you had Anthony Miller. I went ahead and took T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, this is I, pure upside for me. I love T.J. Hawkinson in his second year. I'm going. I'm just going all in on the Detroit Lions this year. Then after me, you had Bryce Love, Joe Burrow, Brandon Ayuk, Austin Hooper, and then Josh. You ran out of time, so it automatically drafted Duke Johnson for you. Which is no, what I drafted Deshaun. Ja- I, yeah, I would. I would have drafted Deshaun Jackson. But you got him on yeah, the back. So that's fine. Oh, oh, what? I didn't want Duke Johnson. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, we got to start over. Yeah. Don <laughs> Johnson. Start yeah. over. I thought I got Deshaun Jackson, and then whatever. That's cool. Whatever. Okay. So it went. It went. I got Duke Johnson because the computer, for some reason, I got screwed. Um, I think it was Ryan's fault, probably, because he's in charge of it. Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> Sammy Watkins, Raquel Armstead, Chicago Bears defense, Naheem Hines, New England Patriots, Mike Jacecki, Baker Mayfield, and then Chris Thompson. And Adam, did you pick yet, or what am I looking at? Oh, Adam, you did. So you picked it, it actually. <laughs> the the draft was supposed to be done with your Duke Johnson pick. It just wrapped around for the next draft. So I. Just, oh, well, can I take the Sean Jackson instead of Duke so, Johnson? You know what? I'll make some changes for you. And what I'll do is I'll screenshot each one of our teams. We'll post it up. We'll leave it up to the Twitter sphere to decide who had the best team. Keep in mind, you know, we're just going out there to kind of throw some whims, and we didn't realize Josh was going to have a backup kicker. Um, so full disclaimer: just ignore everything that he had to say. Well, whatever, dude. Leadership is a big – leadership is the most important quality to fantasy football, and these guys don't talk about it enough. Let's put it on Facebook. Facebook, the audience is a little bit more responsive. Thank you guys for reaching out. Twitter, you guys are just mean. You guys don't <laughs> hashtag. You don't like. You don't retweet. Nothing. Nothing from the Twitter everywhere. audience, damn it. Put it out everywhere. Yeah, put it out everywhere. Let's just put out. Just I just put out constantly, dude. For sure, like me on like me on prom night. <laughs> All right, what's like, going on for like, like you and your draft grades? <laughs> listen, listen, I you you can be like everybody else and be super stingy about it, or you can say, hey, I can see Chad Kelly, Swag Kelly being a third rounder. I can see it, and I saw it. You got to take the positive. Dude, you gotta look at the positive. You gotta squint. Sometimes you gotta squint to see it. But this was the Browns Wire podcast. We've been going on for an hour and a half. Please like, share, review. Um, I think we're gonna start a GoFundMe for Adam's basement, <laughs> right? Or what, what was it again? I don't. I don't even. I don't know. I like listen to half the shit he says. Yeah, we'll just yeah. For his house, it's one of those little rafts. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Keatley sixteen. Please check us out. Uh, reach us out. Reach out to us on Facebook. Let us know what you want to hear. Reach out to us on Twitter. I will be at the Tuttle Mall again in Dublin, Ohio, this Saturday with Paul Krause. Please say hi. Um, Ryan, where can they follow you? Uh, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, everything is at, at Arqueef. 
Ugh, Twitch. I'm on Twitch. Oh, that's right. Because you aren't you like in the top one percent of Madden now? The newest I am, Madden. I am currently in the top one percent of Madden. Have been every day since it came out. What What does that mean? Does that mean you're the best player in the world, or one of no, the top three? Or what's I'm that? just playing regular rosters, and of all the people that have played, I'm I'm in the top one percent of rankings based off of games played and win loss record and stats. Well, how many people play? I don't know what that means. Are you top thousand, top million? I don't, I don't, I, think, I have no I idea. I think uh, that screenshot I had sent you it said something to the fact that there was like thirty thousand people online at that point in time just playing. Oh, really? Damn, so that is good. good. Yeah, you're pretty I, good, I huh? Humbled by you, Ryan. Let's, you got twenty-one. Oh, dude, Adam, dude, that's I'll, you're gonna, Adam. You're gonna get destroyed. I'll, so I'll <laughs> buy it and I'll let you. I'll let you beat me by forty. Aren't you? Okay. I won't let you. I'll try. Oh my god, that's Adam. Who, Adam, when's the last time you played Mad? Uh, I bought it last year for the first time in like four or five years. Yeah, you're going to get destroyed. Dude. Uh, you a don't quick understand segue, this. too. Paul Krause every year is one of the best mutt cards, mutt players in uh, Madden Ultimate Team. He's is always he really? Players. Yes. He's always out there ball hawking, getting all kinds of crazy interceptions, as he should. As the legend lives on. Adam, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, more2102. I, I hate that Twitter name. I hate it so much. <laughs> oh, all right. This is the Browns Wire Podcast, and we are out. Others treat your fries as an afterthought. All you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Mi nombre es Valentina Vivas Castañeda, soy una estudiante en Fresno State, juego fútbol y soy arquera. 
En una comunidad latina te enseñan que debes ser fuerte, pero hoy estoy aquí para decirles que está bien pedir ayuda, que está bien no sentirse bien. Ve a calhope.org para hablar con una persona que puede darte una guía sobre las opciones disponibles o llama a la línea de ayuda al 1833 317 hope La esperanza vive aquí en California.